Welcome to the Vision Driven Marriage Podcast. If you're struggling in your marriage, or maybe you're wondering if it's even salvageable before you give up or before you let things get too hard, let us come alongside you and help you solidify your marriage. We offer biblical encouragement and insight to help you strengthen your marriage. Hi, I'm Leslie Davis. Welcome to this fifth Friday bonus episode of the Vision Driven Marriage with a very special guest, Annette Chesney. Well, actually, I'm her guest. Annette graciously wanted to share this message with you, and so we're dropping it as a fifth Friday bonus. It comes from an event called Comfy Conversations Inside the Beautiful Life Virtual Cafe, where Annette figuratively pulls up a comfy chair, pours a cup of hot tea, and chats with guest experts. Annette helps Christian women rebuild a beautiful life after leaving a narcissistic relationship. But it's more than that. Her heart and her gentle spirit shine through in the cafe where she provides not just comfy conversations, but tailored coaching through the Beautiful Life Academy and specific support in overcoming trauma related to being in a narcissistic relationship in the Cinderella No More program. You can also listen to Annette on her podcast, Never Narc, as she shares her wisdom and heart for those who want purpose, peace, and delight as they recover from the abuse of a narcissistic relationship. Find the links for Annette in the show notes. You won't be sorry. Now, let's listen in as Annette and I have a comfy conversation about boundaries in marriage. Welcome to Comfy Conversations in the Beautiful Life Virtual Cafe. I'm Annette Chesney, and I'm joined today with our special guest expert, Leslie Davis. Hi. So please grab a cup of your favorite comfy beverage and pull up a chair to join us. I'm really, really excited to welcome Leslie back to the Comfy Conversations chair. She was with us once before. You can find that in the cafe. But Leslie, we're so glad to have you here. Thanks, Annette. It has been awesome. I'm so glad to be back. Yeah. Now, let me tell you a little bit about Leslie. And she is super passionate about helping people move beyond the struggles of today that they're dealing with by offering encouragement and emotional healing through Christian-based counseling, coaching, and speaking. Now, from, you know, the credentialing side, she's got an MS in clinical psychology and is a board-certified mental health coach. She's also a member of the American Association of Christian Counselors, otherwise known as AACC. You can find that online. And she's the director of Heart Call Counseling. So our topic today that we're going to be talking about is why boundary issues matter, even for great marriages, and a little bit about how to do it right. You know, all marriages need to have certain boundaries in place, you know, even a great marriage, like we said. And it's important to be thoughtful about this issue and not take things for granted. You mm -hmm. know, just, you know how it is. And Leslie, I know you can attest to this too. Anything we do in life, once we set it on coast, it only goes just so long and then it starts to devolve a little bit. Yep. yep. So, so why don't we start there? Why don't we start with the why behind boundaries? You know, why are boundary issues important, even if you feel your marriage is in a good place? Well, I boundary issues are really important because they um, they protect and allow um, love to flourish in that. If you look at boundaries like neighborhood property lines, 
Mm -hmm. gives us a really better picture of why they're so important. You know, when your neighbor and you are very clear on where your property lines are, where that boundary is, then you're not taking advantage of your neighbor and they're not going to take advantage of you because you know where those property lines are. Uh And if you don't know where those property lines are, it's very easy to take advantage of or cross that line, you know, Mm -hmm. and that boundaries in our personal lives are the same way. If we don't know where those boundaries are, it's really easy for someone to take advantage of or to manipulate. Um, Mm -hmm. And then there's hard feelings, there's negative emotions and love doesn't flourish in that type of relationship. Right. Right. So what would you say um, to the woman who struggles with boundaries, whether, you know, on an individual level or, or within a relationship and, you know, maybe even beyond a marriage relationship in, you know, friendship type relationships and work relationships and everything. And, and she struggles not because she doesn't intellectually understand the concept, but she has this little bit of a distorted understanding of what it means to be a Christian and have boundaries. You know what I'm talking about? I'm sure you've, you've come across people who have wrestled with this. Yes, absolutely. Because so often we're taught, you know, in our, um, in our backgrounds or maybe in our church theology or whatever, that we are not, you know, that refusing somebody saying no to somebody is not being nice, not being kind. Um, it's wrong or it's a sin or whatever. And that's just not biblical. You know, so a lot of times those beliefs puts us at a predisposition to not have solid boundaries in, in our lives. And I know that happens a lot with a skewed version, a a skewed definition of submission in marriage of leadership and submission in marriage. Mm -hmm. And I shouldn't just say submission, although I know we're, I'm talking, you know, our audience is women, um, Mm -hmm. because I think men also have a skewed vision of leadership that Mm -hmm. enables them to, um, not properly understand boundary lines. Lord of the castle. (laughs) Yes. 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 And so, um, I, those are some, those are some great points. So let's, let's unpack that submission issue a little bit more because, you know, just kind of in a nutshell, I know time doesn't permit us. We could do like a whole conversation oh. just about that issue yes, because it's so important and it's so misunderstood um, as to, you know, what, what is really Christ-like and what was really meant by that. But, but tell us a little bit more of just sort of a snapshot of what healthy submission looks like and why it's there. Healthy. Okay. That's, um, there's a lot to unpack in that question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think it goes back to, you can't having a healthy submission starts with having a trustworthy partner Mm -hmm. and having a trustworthy partner starts with being humble, not only before the Lord, but also humble before their spouse. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's, that's a biblical principle for both the husband and the wife. It's not just for the wife to be humble before her husband. 
and and allow submission to look like I'm just a doormat, right? Because mm-hmm. that's not what that's not an honoring a God honoring uh, position to take. But when you take a position of humility in the marriage, both the husband and the wife take a position of humility in the marriage, which means thinking of your spouse as more important than you, Mm -hmm. then that gives the opportunity for this right balance between trustworthiness and submission to take place. If I can trust Mm -hmm. that my husband thinks of me and, and what's best for me before his own needs, before his own, Mm -hmm. uh, all the things right before himself, then I can easily submit to that because I, because he's trustworthy because I know I can trust him in that he will consider what's best for me also. Mm -hmm. And that's not taught very often. Right. Right. And there's a lot of, um, fallacies about that. I mean, it doesn't mean as a woman that you have no voice, right? You can't, you know, it's, it's completely different. So definitely we'll have to have you come back and talk about that issue. Cause that's a, that's a big one again. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it is. But uh, you know, that is one of those things that can get in the way of healthy boundaries, yes. you know, both setting and forcing them, living them out. Um, another issue that can come along with that sometimes that, you know, we as women, especially struggle with that is because, and this is, tell me if you've observed the same thing, is that we have the wrong motivations concerning boundaries. Mm. In other words, um, we won't say no or we won't enforce a boundary because we're afraid that we might be disapproved of mm-hmm. or rejected in some way. And so we will become that doormat, building resentments the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know, so, so what have you found along those lines and how does that kind of, situation within us impact the marriage? Well, I, you know, there again, we're back to love and intimacy, not being able to flourish in Mm -hmm. that. And that's, I I believe even either man or woman, either husband or wife, we long to have a loving, intimate relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't think that's just, we talk about it a lot because we're women and we like to talk about our emotions, but I still mm-hmm. believe that men also want a loving, respectful, um, intimate relationship, right? right. Well, uh-huh. when our boundaries are not, um, when we're not clear on what our boundaries are, that love can't flow. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's like you said, we end up getting resentful. And when that resentment takes a hold, it becomes a bitter root. And mm-hmm. a bitter root will affect everything. It'll affect every decision that we make. It'll affect thoughts that we have. It will affect our attraction to our spouse. Um, it affects everything. Wow. Uh-huh. For sure. Mm-hmm. So, okay. So what I hear you saying through all this is boundaries are protective fences, mm-hmm. um, protecting in, in a healthy way, me from you, you from me, you know, in, in relationships. But at the same time, what, what I'm picking up on listening to you, it's a protective hedge for the marriage itself. Yes. It's not just protecting the partners from each other. It's right. protecting the relationship. Mm-hmm. Could you tell me a little bit more about that? 
Well, I think I, that constant, and, and yes, that is exactly what happens. Mm-hmm. But, and when you look at it like that, with that perspective, it is much easier to have the motivation to set the boundaries and keep the boundaries because you know you're protecting the relationship. It's mm-hmm. not at that point spouse against spouse. Like, like you said, I'm not, I'm protecting you from me. It's I'm protecting the relationship. And Uh the thing about that is that, you know, we don't have control over our spouse's reactions Mm -hmm. and, uh, but we do have responsibility and control over our own actions. So Mm -hmm. when the bound, when boundaries are crossed, the control that you have on how you react to that boundary that's where you submit that to the Lord and, and bring that under biblical principles and watch the Lord bless these things out and work these things out. And that's not a fix all like that is not a magic pill. There are times Mm -hmm. when boundaries are going to be crossed and there's nothing you can do about it. Like Mm -hmm. it's at that point, the relationship becomes abusive. It, it isn't a healthy relationship and, at, at that point, I would suggest listening to your podcast, <laughs> right? The, the, Never Narc the other podcast, the, the Never Narc podcast, right? Right. Yes. But mm-hmm. before that, you know, or if it's just a normal sense of this is, this is the boundary that I have set. For instance, let's, let's, mm-hmm. let's take disrespect or, mm-hmm. um, abusive power. It comes out kind of as disrespect. Mm -hmm. I recently read a case study of a husband and wife who went out to dinner together. And this dinner was a, like a ticketed event. So you had a ticket for your main dish and you had a ticket for your dessert and whatever. So it it got to dessert time. The husband is in conversation with the people at the table. So he tosses the ticket to his wife. Her name is Jane. This is like Jim and Jane, right? Mm -hmm. He tosses the ticket to Jane and he said, Jane, dessert. And it was woman. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And it was like, okay, so she had a choice at that because that boundary was then crossed, right? That Mm -hmm. disrespectful, the controlling kind of behavior her, that boundary was crossed. So she had a choice to make at that point. Mm-hmm. And so what she did was she respectfully, and I say that importantly, respectfully mm-hmm. pushed the ticket back over to him. And she said, you know what dessert you would like to have better than I do. Why don't you attend the bar, attend the dessert bar yourself? Uh-huh. You know? Now there's, there's a part of me that would have been like, what? Go get your own stupid dessert. <laughs> you know, like, that wouldn't everybody? go do it. <laughs> yes. That wouldn't have been a respectful, right. uh, a respectful um, reaction to that, you know, so yeah, that would have been gasoline on the fire, right? Uh, yes, yes. That's exactly what it would have been. But you know, Jane had control over what her actions were and what her reaction was to that boundary crossing. And mm-hmm. it wasn't, you, you know, who knows what he would have done, or what he'll do the next time, you know, but when that boundary was held, you're going to assume that he learned that I'm not going to challenge that boundary the next time, mm-hmm. you know, that, that kind of thing. Unless it's a narcissist and you're right. a different, different ball game, but different ball game person. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that would make for some interesting conversation at home later too. 
I probably, you know, and you know, I, I think about some of the times that my husband and I have gotten into those same conversations and we, one of the boundaries that we set early on in our marriage, and I want to just address this. So let me, don't let me forget to do, to come back to the early on in our marriage, Uh but early on in our marriage, we worked to maneuver um, some of these boundaries and we agreed one of the boundaries that we put in place when we were first married is that we would never go to bed mad at each other. Now that's a biblical principle. And we put that boundary in place and we each committed to having self-control not to do that. It meant that uh, because I have a different processing um, um, timeline, I guess, than what he does. He likes to come to the table. He likes to get it done. You know, he likes to process everything right there. And I'm like, I need some time to, to process this. You're going to have to give me, 10 minutes. Like I just need to go sit, you know, by myself and I'm going to put myself in timeout, (laughs) (laughs) Uh you know, but that was the compromise we had to, to compromise in that. But because we had set that boundary, you know, Mm -hmm. that was what we did, but it was early on in our marriage. And now we reap the benefit of having worked those things out early on in the marriage. And I think that a lot of times People who are early on in their marriage, they've got to give, they've got to understand that setting those boundaries and learning where that's at and how to maneuver those boundaries, it takes time. You know, it's not just a one and done kind of thing. And so, um, so yeah, but we're, so be patient is, I guess, what I'm saying that, you know, when you're working on that early on in your marriage, you know, the first 10 years, that it, it does take some time to reap the benefits of that. Wow. Wow. And that's, that's really important. I'm glad you said that because that sets expectations, mm-hmm. yep. you know, for the relationship, which makes a big difference. Mm-hmm. So, you know, on the practical side of this fence here, so what's, what's the first step then when it comes to setting boundaries? Well, I think the first step of setting boundaries is realizing where you don't have them mm-hmm. and how you realize that you don't have a boundary in place is when you have a negative emotional reaction to something that has happened. If you feel manipulated, if you feel taken advantage of, um, if you feel disrespected, um, I mean, there's a myriad of negative emotions, but that's really the first thing is to say, okay, why am I feeling manipulated right now? Or I feel manipulated because of X, Y, Z, you know, well, right. if you're feeling that, that might be cause, might be cause to examine, did I just have a boundary cross that, or am I, is there a boundary there that I, I haven't named or not aware of that just got crossed, you know, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. I need to, I need to push up against and, and define a little bit better, you know? Right. That's so good. So those moments when something has happened and we just, it either caught us off guard, you know, or we just zipped our lips and then we're driving down the road, <clears throat> excuse me, having that conversation with all the things you wish you could have said. And it's a really ugly conversation, you know, or you're laying awake in bed at night and it's rolling through. I could have said this. I should have done that. I'm really upset because of this, you know, mm-hmm. so those are things we need to pay attention to, not just try mm-hmm. to slough them off. Yeah, absolutely. Like those negative, um, those negative emotional reactions, they're, they're, you know, negative emotions that we have for a reason, 
it, yeah. and that's why like they're, they're telling us when something's not right, you know? Yeah. It's like the red light that comes on on your dashboard saying there's a problem with the engine. You know, it yeah, might not break down it. at that moment. <laughs> yeah. Right, but don't ignore it. Let it go on and you got trouble. Yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. Okay. So once you start realizing where boundaries aren't there, then I suppose, you know, then, then coming along with that is you'd have to set the boundaries. So how do you, how do you go about that? Like, how do you do it in a way that doesn't come across militant or defensive or disrespectful? Like, how do you do that? Yeah. Well, I think first of all is know yourself mm -hmm. because you, you, you're the only one that you have control over. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you don't realize that you have control in those situations to follow biblical principles within your own reaction, you know, mm -hmm. it's like, for instance, it's not wrong to get angry, but it's wrong to sin in that anger. You know, you can, it, it's perfectly fine to be angry if you've been taken advantage of, you know, or if you feel like you've been manipulated. Um, but when you're setting that boundary, we're still called as Christians to be respectful, um, to uh, call on friends to pray before you mm -hmm. set that boundary, you know, to seek godly counsel, to, you know, all the things. There's so many biblical principles that can be put into place um, in order to set that boundary and to enforce that boundary, you know. Um, the other thing to do is to understand the opportunity cost of letting that boundary go. And what mm -hmm. I mean by an opportunity cost is that when you make a decision to let a boundary go, you're losing the opportunity to keep that boundary in place. You know, mm -hmm. every decision, every choice has an opportunity cost, right? I, I was explaining this concept to my daughter about, what shoes she was going to be picking and she wanted to wear these shoes and she wanted to wear those shoes. I said, if you pick those shoes, you lose the opportunity to wear these shoes. And if she was okay with that, then that was the right choice. You know, uh -huh. it's really as simple as that. Any choice that you make has an opportunity cost to it. And if you're not okay with that opportunity cost, then you should not make that choice. So when you, how you apply that to boundaries is that when you choose to let a boundary go, you're losing the opportunity once you protect the relationship and create an atmosphere where love and respect and freedom can grow and mm -hmm. prosper, you know, because once you let that boundary go, there's levels of disrespect, there's levels of heartache, there's levels of resentment, there's levels of bitterness, you know. All the things that are like weeds in the garden, they just do not let love and freedom and respect flourish the way that they can. And a lot of times when we let a boundary go, we don't give a second thought to what the opportunity costs are. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm just sitting here thinking as I was listening to you to share about that. So what about women who have been in the marriage for a while, 10 years, 20 years, 30 years even, you know, in marriage and have not been good at this whole boundary 
thing. Mm -hmm. And now they're realizing this is an issue. There's problems. There's been a lot of water under the bridge. Resentments have built up on both sides Mm -hmm. from things. Let's, let's, Assume that this is not a narcissistic relationship because that's a different animal. Hold, yes. <laughs> you know, but, um, you know, just in a, in a regular relationship, um, at, at what point do you need to not do this yourself? And, you know, because I know like you and your husband, you have this marriage ministry and everything mm-hmm. that you do together as well. So at what point do you need to, you know, call in the reinforcements <laughs> to help get things in place and how do you, you know, like how do you broach the subject with your spouse, you know, so they don't all all of a sudden feel attacked by this. Oh, absolutely. Um, The looking at the positive, talking about the positive instead of talking about losing the positive Mm -hmm. instead of fixing the negative. Mm, That makes sense because when you don't keep a boundary in place, there's a the opportunity cost is we're losing the we're losing the structure of the relationship that allows uh, love to flourish. It allows respect to flourish like we're losing that. And mm-hmm. when you focus on gaining that back as opposed to fixing the wrong, mm-hmm. then there is a motivation to to move toward that, assuming that. Both the husband and the wife want to have a better relationship. You know, mm-hmm. the hard part is, and, uh, you know, I, I've I, I've not ever seen a marriage counselor not talk about this. Mm-hmm. But the important part is taking responsibility for your own behavior and your own actions. And when when you realize that there's things blocking that yes, I do want to have a better relationship. That's probably the time to call in reinforcements because there might be something there that, that you need help uh, working around and understanding and kind of digging in that, in that spot, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And once those barriers are removed, if they're, you know, like whatever, I I mean, I, I, my counselor brain is running through the whole list of stuff that's Uh probably too big to address right here. But you know, once that, once that cycle has reversed and you're working on moving back towards your spouse, then those boundaries that are, that need to be set can be honored, mm-hmm. you know? So I think mm-hmm. that's, I hope that answered your question. Yeah. <laughs> it's, that's- it's calling in reinforcement sometimes is hard. Admitting that, that you need help sometimes right. is hard. Yeah. Um, but you know, some help, that doesn't mean going to the counselor right away either. Like there's tons of resources out there of good books, um, podcasts to listen to, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of ways to reach out and get help Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and not go straight to the counselor's office, but you can always go to the counselor's office too. There's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) Right. Right. But it is helpful to know, you know, the spectrum of resources that are available. To you, yeah, yeah, for everything. And you said something else that's important too that I think it bears like pausing on for a moment and coming back to it is the idea of taking personal responsibility. Mm -hmm. So that means that we have to do, you know, even if we feel like it's him, he's and he does this and that, there's still something within us that has to be examined. 
like, why did we let it go on this long? What's going on inside of us? And mm-hmm. are we doing anything that's like provoking certain things by chance? Are we, you know, like it, we need to do the, you know, start with God, Lord, search my heart, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. see if there's any offensive way within me. But, you know, sometimes we have to seek out those kind of resources and help just for ourselves, even mm-hmm. to work on the individual issues. You know, if we want to have the good marriage, you know, well, then we're half of that equation. Yes. You know, and yes. and I so think we the biggest, work on ourselves. Yes. And I think the biggest part of taking responsibility um, for your own, you know, your own actions and behaviors is understanding that you're not depowered. I think that's the word. You're Mm -hmm. not depowered by your spouse's actions and reactions, meaning Mm -hmm. you're not a victim or you don't have to stay the victim if your Mm -hmm. spouse continues to cross the boundaries. You know, Mm -hmm. because if you choose to be the victim, then what you're saying is, I can't change. I can't be better in this relationship because he or her, you know, the the spouse continues to do X, Y, Z, you know, so you're putting your own label on yourself based on your spouse's behavior or, Mm -hmm. um, you know, reactions or whatever. And it just puts you in the victim boat, so to speak, you know, right. but you don't have to be the victim because you have control over your, um, your actions and your reactions. And regardless of what your spouse does, you know, mm-hmm. right. so many people yeah. believe that they can't change and they, they can't do anything about the situation because, you know, the spouse continues to do X, Y, Z. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's such a good point, you know, and if we're choosing to continue to be in the victim boat, well, then that definitely speaks of another thing to examine within us. Like, why are we choosing to say, like, what's it doing for us? You know, we're getting some sort of twisted benefit out of it Mm -hmm. by choosing to remain a victim. We may have been legitimately victimized in some manner or felt Mm -hmm. victimized in some manner, but if we Mm -hmm. want to stay in that spot, then what's going on inside of us? Right. Is is that a cop out for we don't have to do any work on ourselves because we can, you know, there could be any fear. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to lose the relationship. I don't want to lose, you know, uh, I don't want to risk a rejection, you know, those types of things. Yeah. It could be a number of things. Right. Right. So, boy, I mean, this this brings up a lot of points and and we we could do, you know, probably five more of these, you know, breaking down each one of these points. So we definitely love to have you back again um, to talk about, you know, one of these dynamics and break it down a little bit more in the future. But for right now, what would you say is like if, if you would like the ladies listening to this, you know, watching this replay, um, what would be like one key thing that you would want her to grab out of all the things that we talked about that if she walks away with only this one thing and it sticks, what would that be? I think the understanding that when marriage boundaries are crossed, it stops love from growing. Mm -hmm. It stops respect from attending and it stops freedom from being. Mm. You know, so 
that's why marriage boundaries are so important. You know, they're just so important. Wow. That, I mean, you just brought up something we didn't even get to is like the whole idea of freedom that actually it creates freedom. So Mm -hmm. definitely a lot to talk about. And, um, boy, Boy, we can do again. We can just unpack so much here. My my mind is spinning with mm-hmm. with all the stuff we were talking. So, would you pray for all of the wonderful women who are, you know, in marriages and they're sorting these things through, even good marriages, but wanting to be like not just okay, you know, we're just we're not killing each other. Things are cool, but like bringing it to another level to where it's yeah. so deeply fulfilling for you both. Yeah. yeah. So absolutely. will you pray for that? Yes, absolutely. Lord Jesus, we thank you and um, just praise your holy name for what marriage is. Lord, it is a symbol of your relationship with the church. And we know that the fulfilling nature can be as fulfilling as our relationship with you, Lord. And I pray that um, for the women who are listening, Lord, that they would just seek out that intimacy um, that you have for a marriage relationship, Lord, that you would um, just give knowledge and wisdom um, to the things that need to be attended to within their marriage. And Lord God, that you would just bless them. I pray, Lord God, that you would protect them from Satan, Lord, that you would um, put a hedge of protection around them, that that Satan would have no influence within their marriage, Lord, that love and respect and freedom would be able to just flourish. Lord God, you were the instigator of this institution, Lord, and it is for your glory that, um, that it, that it has been instituted. And Lord God, I just thank you for that. And I praise your holy name, Lord, until we come back to meet again, I pray that um, all these things would glorify and honor you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Yes, that's wonderful. So you can find Leslie's, you know, she's got some encouraging live events and posts um, on Facebook at Heart Call Ministries and on the web at heartcallministries.org. But, um, you know, I had to stop myself from, you know, asking you more questions because just because we were out of time with things. But Leslie and I would love to hear your insights and your questions or maybe, you know, share some of your experiences or whatever in this area, you know, in the comments that you'll find below this video. And if something, you know, Leslie is here in the cafe as well. So, you know, if there's something that maybe feels a little too raw, a little too personal for you to post in the comments, you know, You'll you can read a message. Me. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and if you're maybe, you know, looking for some information about, you know, her ministry or her and her husband's ministry together with marriages, or maybe even just some of those resources that she mentioned of, you know, if you, if you don't want to go straight to counseling, maybe some of those other in between resources and her podcasts. And so there's so much that's available to help you. So just, um, comment below or dm her and boy she can she can give you a lot of great helps with that oh and our podcast is called the vision driven marriage and so if you can find it wherever you listen to your podcast at love that and you know what if you wouldn't mind would you post that in the comments a link that they could go to that in the comments as well so oh leslie we so appreciate you being here with us today in comfy conversations glad to be here 
Yeah, yeah. And definitely we'll get you back again. And thank you to all of you who are watching and commenting today. Bye-bye for now. I want to share with you Annette's free resource. How do you know if that narcissistically inclined individual is really a toxic narcissist or just an immature person you need to set boundaries with and extend grace to? Use this at-a-glance overview to understand the type of narcissist you may be dealing with and what to expect. The NARC Encounter Spectrum at-a-glance overview will help you recognize the common traits of the different types of narcissists and where they land on the spectrum, plus a safety ranking for you mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically, and financially so you can better protect yourself. Get this free resource. Check the link in the show notes.